promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. to your land, O Lord. You have restored the good fortune of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people and blotted out all their sins. You have withdrawn all your fury and turned yourself from your wrathful indignation. Restore us then, O God, our Savior. Let your anger depart from us. Will you be displeased with us forever? Will you prolong your anger from age to age? Will you not give us life again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Truly, his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. The Lord will indeed grant prosperity, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and peace shall be a pathway for his feet. Amen. Well, this is Psalm 85. This is our psalm for this coming Sunday. And... It's a beautiful psalm because basically what it's doing is it's taking the, the swaddled Jesus, right? So, so we have our nativity story, right? We have Jesus in the golden diapers and he's all swaddled up and he's laid in the feeding trough and all this other stuff. And the psalm basically unswaddles Jesus to show forth what it is that comes forth in Christ. That we, we spend so much of our time... Uh, imagining a, a world that we think should be, right? That we want this whole uh, utopian future. Uh, that That's the whole reason why Jesus came. <laughs> Even though the billions of times that he's confronted with this in the Gospels, he says, ah, yeah, no. <laughs> he, he denies that as being the focus of his work. And instead, what we get is Psalm 85 coming to us, swaddled in that baby that baby that is born to die, that will grow up in order to taste death for us, to defeat it, to take away our sin, to steal our sin from us, to rob us, that we might be set free. And you have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have restored the good fortune of Jacob. You, you, you have, have showered grace, showered favor upon your creation, and you have uh, redeemed your people. You've raised them back up. They are no longer seen as anathema or anything like that. And yet, you, what you've done is you've showered your grace. Grace being this favor, this, this gift, this good fortune, as is spoken of here. You've forgiven the iniquity of your people and blotted out all their sins. Can you imagine that? That, that Jesus, just by the mere fact that he's born, that he's the embodiment of the forgiveness of sins. He's the embodiment of God's sermon of the forgiveness of sins. That just by the mere fact that he comes into the world, therefore, 
sin is forgiven because that's what he's coming to do. It just means that we have to actually trust that when he says it, he means it and it's true. You've withdrawn all your fury and turned yourself from your wrathful indignation. Why? Because he sent his son for you. All the other things that happened in the Old Testament, all those things that, that God did uh, or allowed to happen to his people, to try and turn them to him, to try and understand his loving kindness, to try and understand his faithful love, to try and understand he's a God of mercy, all those things. Now it's all been embodied in this baby that has, that has come. That, it's not, that he didn't come with wrath and fury, but he's come in love and mercy. Restore us then, O God, our Savior. Let your anger depart from us. To restore us. To bring us back into right relationship with him. Then there's a bunch of questions. Will you be displeased with us? Will you prolong your anger? Will you not give us life again that your people may rejoice in you? That it is the embodiment of Christ here as we are waiting for him to come in Bethlehem. As we are waiting for him to come Again, we are waiting for uh, the, the fullness of what it is that God is, is that is spoken of, of of God here, that is prayed in Psalm 85, came with Christ in Bethlehem, and will come again when He comes in glory the second time. Here we are praying that the fullness, the completeness of what it is that God is going to do, is going to actually come forward to us. That these question marks will be removed, and we'll say, "Yes, You have restored us. You've given us life again." that we might rejoice. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Yes, please, God. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people. That the words of Christ coming, Christ being the sermon of God embodied in flesh and bone, and what he comes to do is be that Prince of Peace to speak peace to you. That's what he says to the disciples after his resurrection, right? They're hiding in the cowering in the upper room with the doors locked and suddenly he appears in front of them and he could strike them all dead because they abandoned him. They, they uh, denied him. They did nothing to help him. And what does he speak? But he says, peace be to you. Peace be upon you. And yeah, we can say, well, it's just like him saying hello. No, he's proclaiming to them peace. There is now peace between him and us. There is now peace between God and us because of Christ, because of what he is doing. So why, why church, are you, are you working so hard to try and make yourself right with God when it is that Christ has already done that? Working so hard to, to be a good, quote-unquote, good Christian. Working so hard to try and be the most moral person you can be, which, nothing against morality. I don't want you going out into the world and shooting people. But, but when it's about trying to make ourselves right, trying to make ourselves a good person, trying to make sure that we're the person when we die and we're at our funeral, a bunch of people say, oh, they were such a nice person. Oh, they were so good. They did so many good things. And I, as the pastor, have to say, yes, that could be. But they have an even better Savior, an even better Jesus. This Jesus who brings peace. Truly, his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Yes, salvation comes near to us. We don't go to it. It comes to us in Christ. Mercy and truth have met together. I love this. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. They've joined themselves together in the body of that child for you. Your righteousness not being your own, but it is Christ. And your peace not being your own, but it is Christ joined together in that child 
joined together in that cross. Truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. The Lord will indeed grant prosperity and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him and peace shall be a pathway for his feet. That is what Christ is bringing to you, church. That's the joy of the Psalms is that we read this and we need to be thinking about how does it proclaim what Christ has done for us that frees us from all the worries of so many other things. May you be freed this year, this, this, this Christmas, this Advent, from any burdens that you might have of, of trying to live out some sort of goodness, some sort of, 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 of righteousness that is apart from Christ and instead cling to the one Cling to the one who's come as righteousness and peace join together in that infant for your sake, in his holy visitation, that he might be yours, you might be his. And so that if anything else might hit you, you might say, yes, this sucks. But at the same time, I have Christ and he has me. Let us pray. Lord, we beseech thee, give ear to our prayers, enlighten the darkness of our hearts by thy gracious visitation, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. The church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Advent.